I'd like to welcome you to the ministry of McCormick's Creek Church. We certainly hope that you will enjoy this selection. That freedom in the Holy Ghost tonight. Amen. How many of you know that Jesus is good? Not just some of the time, but all the time. You know, there's there are scriptures in the Bible that that really are meaningful and they're very timely. And I was just thinking about the timing of when David said, I've never seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging for bread. Now that scripture probably wouldn't have meant what it meant to you and I if David would have said it in the days of his youth. When David was a kid, the reason, no offense, young people, you haven't probably been many places. You probably don't have near the miles that some of these other elders have. But the awesome part about that scripture is David Right before he said, I've never seen the righteous forsaken or his seed begging for bread. He said, I was young, but now I'm old. Now I gotta tell you something. And I've turned old, I've been, I, I, now I'm old. I've been a lot of places and I've seen a lot of things and I've seen a lot of situations that seemed near impossible. Sicknesses, deaths, diseases, famines, earthquakes, and all kinds of things taken from me. My resume is packed, plumb full. I've got a lot of experience, he said. But I've never seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging for bread. In other words, you can live a lifetime and you'll never see Jesus let you down. If you're here tonight and you need you have a need, I promise you, you can walk out of here with that need met. I'm very, very thankful. I'm so thankful Sunday night we had such a, a wonderful presence of the Holy Ghost in here. And didn't have preaching, but we did have uh, singing and praise and we just had a wonderful time. Thank you, for Sister Krause, for putting that together. What a wonderful, awesome job did. Amen. We'll end up doing that again one day. Well, I had one complaint. Sister Joetta uh, Scroggum said, I have one complaint. And I was like, oh. She said, it wasn't long enough. I said, that's the kind of complaints I like. That's the kind of complaints I want to hear. Brother Mark Winters is no stranger to our church. And as long as he is on the evangelistical field, he will preach at this church. And any time that he is through, I I want to have him. And uh, he is one of my closest friends that I've ever had. And he is just a wonderful man of God. And I I told him tonight, go ahead and take his liberty. He's going to preach like it's Sunday night. I know it's normally Bible study. And I'm going to get you up here. Just want to say something. If you're new to Apostolic Church, just really quick, if you think we're crazy, we probably are. But just to put it, just just to kind of make a comparison, I put the other day on Facebook, I said, did you, you realize that there are grown adults that still thinks 
World Wrestling Federation is real. And there are people in Las Vegas that bet on fake wrestling. That that dude that owns that place, can't remember his name. What's his name? Vince McMahon. I, he knows I can't believe it. You know it. Vince McMahon, he tells who's going to win before they, everybody walks in. They already know who's going to win. And there's grown adults and they go crazy. And they strip their clothes off and go nuts and get angry and pout and get mad because their favorite fake wrestler didn't win. There are people that spend, uh, as a, a whole, spend billions of dollars a year to watch fake wrestling. Grown men, grown women, and they go crazy and they go nuts over fake wrestling. Then they come into an apostolic church and say, you all are crazy. But hear me. The reason why we act the way we do is because we have been washed in the blood of Jesus Christ. He took away my sins. Took away my sins. That puts a different perspective on it. If you shout for a ball game and you don't shout for Jesus... Shame on you. Let's worship the Lord and give the Lord a hand clap of praise as Brother Winters come. Well, let's praise Him right now. Thank you, Lord. Your presence, your power, your spirit that's in this house. Hallelujah. Great is the Lord and He's greatly to be praised. Amen. Don't you love what you feel in the house of the Lord tonight? So thankful for the beautiful spirit of worship, amen, liberty that's in this house. And, and uh, I know I say it every time I hear, but I, I truly, truly mean it. I consider it an honor to be in this pulpit. And I uh, love and appreciate your pastor and his family so very, very much. Um, I, I just, um, I can't say enough about how much his friendship means to me. Probably the closest friend I have. And uh, outside of my pastor, and uh, I just appreciate uh, him very much. His family, this great church. It's always every time I come, I leave here feeling like I've received more than I've given. Uh, the strength that I receive here, and it's always an honor to be here in the house of the Lord. Amen. I love and appreciate this church very, very much. I want you to know that, and uh, it's always an honor to be here. To worship God with you, give honor, Brother Krause, Brother Hill. Love these great men of God and their families. Amen. I'm glad to be a part of the church. I love church. I love the church. So since it's Sunday night, let's just have Sunday night church. How about? Amen. Thank the Lord for His Word. The Book of Genesis, chapter 37. Aren't you thankful for the Word of the Lord? Amen. It was Saul that chose David's uh, music but rejected Samuel's word. Amen. We'll never grow spiritually if we use worship and reject the word. Amen. The word's a weapon that, that, that even music can never be. And I love music and I love singing, but I thank God it's his word that stirred me up. It's his word that convicted me. It's his word that got a hold of me. Amen. I thank the Lord for his word. Genesis chapter number 37 and verse number 19. 
And they said one to another, Behold, this dreamer cometh. Come now, therefore, and let us slay him and cast him into some pit. And we will say, Some evil evil beast hath devoured him, and we shall see what will become of his dreams. Ever had any friends like that? We'll see what's going to come of this word from God that he's got. And Reuben heard it and delivered him out of their hands and said, Let us not kill him. And Reuben said unto him, Shed no blood, but cast him into this pit that is in the wilderness and lay no hand upon him, that he might rid him out of their hands to deliver him to his father. Again, in verse 23, And it came to pass when Joseph was come unto his brethren that they stripped Joseph out of his coat, his coat of many colors that was on him, and they took him and cast him into a pit, and the pit was empty, and there was no water in it. Amen. Simple title tonight. I just want to preach to you about coming out of the pit. Amen. Coming out of the pit. Would you lift your hands, your voice, amen, your praise with me right now. Lord, I thank you for your presence and your power and your anointing that's in this house. Thank you for the wonderful people of God who have gathered here this evening to worship and honor and praise you. I pray your blessing upon every family, every home, every individual represented here tonight. Lord, let your word fall upon good ground. Let it be mixed with faith, received and responded to by faith, and let your divine will be done in this house in Jesus' name. One more time. Would you clap your hands to him and give the Lord. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Obviously, in this passage, we are talking about Joseph, who's the son of the patriarch Jacob and his wife, Rachel. He is the 11th of 12 children born into Jacob's household. The meaning of his Hebrew name simply means increase. And certainly that meaning is fulfilled in Joseph's life, but it's not without struggle and it's not without opposition. And when you read and study the life of Joseph in the book of Genesis from chapter 37, I believe, to chapter 50, there are some things that you just cannot overlook and cannot deny. And the scripture makes it very clear to us that Joseph was chosen by God. He was anointed by God. He was given a divine destiny by the Lord. He was favored by his earthly father. He was favored by his heavenly father. Without a doubt, God was with Joseph. We see it day in and day out in his life through all the circumstances that Joseph goes through. And it sounds like with with all of these things in his favor, amen, it, it looks like that Joseph is in a winning situation, a winning combination, because judging from the criteria, it looked like that Joseph would have it made. He's got a word from God, favor from his father. It would look as though he was living a life of no trouble and no heartache and no disappointment. But when I read the Bible, I find out that the same Joseph, who had everything going for him, who's been anointed by God, who's been given dreams 
and promises. He's favored by his earthly father. Amen. Had so many great advantages. Yet I find that same Joseph in the bottom of a pit because the ill feelings exasperated by his brothers. When Joseph began to repeat the dream, this is what God showed me. This is what is going to happen. And they're upset with him. And some wanted to kill him. And Reuben said, no, let's not do that. Let's throw him into this pit. I'm not trying to be negative or pessimistic tonight. Amen. But I want to stop right here just a moment and say every one of us goes through those seasons in our life. Amen. You don't believe that? Just go back and read the book of Ecclesiastes, chapter number 3. Amen. The Bible points out that there are time to be born and time to die. A time to plan. A time to uh, to cry. A time to rejoice. But there is never a time to give up. There is never a time to quit. Living for God doesn't mean my trouble's over. It doesn't mean I'm never going to hurt again or cry again or suffer or have a bad day. The fact is, many are the afflictions of the righteous. But the good news is, but the Lord delivered him out of them all. Amen. If you will hold on. I feel the Holy Ghost here right now. I said, if you'll hold on, it will turn around. If you'll just stay in the fight, you will come out on the victor side. Do not become weary in well-doing. I feel the unction of the Holy Ghost right now. Sometimes, like Joseph, we find ourselves in a pit. It can be a pit of despair. It can be a pit of defeat or failure or regret or doubt or depression or sin or sickness or sorrow. The list goes on and on. Sometimes we fall in. Sometimes we jump in. And other times we just get pushed in. But regardless of how you get there, a pit is a pit. And if you stay there, you'll die. I've seen dreams die in a pit. I've seen people lost in a pit. I've seen ministries die in a pit. Gifts and callings and talents are buried in the pit because somebody just decided it's always going to be this way. It's never going to change. But at some point, you've got to shake yourself. And you've got to come to a Micah 7, 8 decision and realization rejoice not against me oh my enemy when I fall I satirize when I sit in darkness the Lord you got to realize that the pit is not God's plan for you hallelujah hallelujah I hope this is alright for Wednesday night Bible study because I feel the Holy Ghost in this building Hallelujah, hallelujah. I feel victory in this house. I feel strength in this house tonight. Even though all of his brothers despised him, wanted him out of the picture, it's Reuben who's responsible for the pit experience. It was Reuben that says, let's not kill him. Let's throw him into this pit. And why? I don't know all the reasons. I know this. Reuben was there when they put him in. But Reuben was not there when they took him out. When Reuben returned, he's surprised. He's shocked because he saw Joseph go into the pit. He saw him struggling, saw him perhaps a bad 
begging to be delivered. But now he's looking into that same pit, full of and expecting to see Joseph there, full of fear, full of despair, perhaps stressing, crying, begging to be delivered. But Joseph is no longer in the pit. Amen. I'm preaching tonight to somebody and situations that you may feel like you were pushed in. You may feel like you fell in. And like Reuben, there may have been some people that help you in the pit. There may have been situations that put you in the pit. And some have watched you in your struggle. And they stood by and watched you while you were pushing and scratching and clawing, trying to climb your way out. And when they grew weary of watching, they just turned and walked away. The last time they saw you, you were in the pit. You were in a mess. Amen. It might have been a pit of sickness, whatever it is. The pit may be so dark and deep that it feels like it's impossible to escape. I don't know what that pit is for you, but I just have come to declare tonight, amen, this is your last night in the pit. You're coming out of it. Weeping may endure for the night, but joy cometh in the morning. You need to tell your enemy, the pit might have been your plan for me, but it's not God's plan for me. Reuben came to find the pit empty. The last time he saw Joseph, Joseph was there. But now he returns and he's no longer there because your enemy does not know you as well as he thought he did. He thought he'd find you right where he left you the last time. He laughed about your pit experience. He even told you, you'll never come out of this. He looked for you yesterday, today, where he left you last week. But somebody needs to inform the devil. But that was last week. That was yesterday. Yesterday I was in the pit. Yesterday it looked like I was going to die. Yesterday I felt like I'd never come out of this. But I am coming out of the pit. Come on. You'll never have revival with the devil. You'll never convert him. So don't focus on him. Don't listen to him. Quit talking to him. Resist him. And he'll flee. If you want healing for your feet, quit entertaining the serpent that's biting them. Hell didn't expect you to see you here tonight doing what you're doing, uh, worshiping the way you're worshiping. The fact is, after all you've been through, uh, after all you had to do and deal with, church is the last place the devil thought he would find you. Your adversary didn't expect you to be here on a Wednesday night with your hands raised. Amen. With a voice of worship coming out of your mouth, with faith in your heart. Amen. And dancing in your feet, whoever you are in whatever pit you're in. I'm here to tell you in the Holy Ghost, do not give up on the dream God gave you. Do not give up on the calling God put on your life. Don't let your purpose die there. Don't quit standing on the Word. Don't quit worshiping. I feel deliverance in this house right now. Uh, I, I, I need somebody to help me. I feel deliverance in this house right now. The chains are going to fall off of you tonight. God's going to pick you up. God's going to restore. God's going to bring life back into you again. If I've ever felt the Holy Ghost, I'll feel it right now. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, let's just entertain what God's doing in this house right now. Yabakaya Bada Sandoriya Bahaya Bakaya Bahai. 
telling you, God's going to give you peace. God's going to give you strength. Amen. It, you, it, it looked like Joseph was going to die there. But through a turn of circumstances, he's out on solid ground. I've come to tell you, God is going to, I keep feeling this in the Holy Ghost. God's going to turn it around. I don't know how he's going to do it. I don't know who he's going to use to do it. I've just come to tell you God is going to turn it for you. That's what I keep feeling in the Holy Ghost. I feel this turning in the Spirit. If I've learned one thing about the Word of God, I've learned that God is the God of the turnaround. I said, he's the God of the turnaround. Daniel will tell you, I should have died in the pit of the, of the lions. But when God stepped in, what should have destroyed me, laid down and didn't even open its mouth. Just keep praying. God has shut the mouth of the enemy. Amen. From Genesis to Revelation, God's always turning around. And his people are always coming out on top. Amen. If you're not convinced of that, you ought to just take a look in the mirror right now. Look how God has already turned things for you. Look what God has ordered. I've been young and now I'm old and I've never never seen the righteous forsaken. If anybody's got a right, if anybody's got a reason to praise God, you do. Had he not stepped in, you wouldn't be here. Had he not turned it around, you wouldn't be here. Look what the Lord has done. Come help me. Praise him. Look what the Lord has done. I feel a spirit of victory and rejoicing right now. Joseph didn't stay in the pit long. One minute he's in the pit, and the next moment he's on dry ground. Amen. And suddenly everything changed. Suddenly he's standing in the sunshine. God wants somebody in this service tonight to know that you are standing on the verge of a suddenly. I didn't come here tonight just to go through routine. Hey, but I feel like the Lord spoke to me to tell you you're on the verge of a suddenly. Everything's about to change. God's going to give you a suddenly. Would you lift your hands and worship the Lord right now? Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost. I hear the voice of God speaking. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Peter toiled all night and caught nothing. But suddenly, in one act of obedience, nets began to break and empty boats started to sink. Hallelujah, because of a suddenly moment. I don't know how long you've been fighting your battle. How long you've walked in this valley and been in this pit. How long you struggled with this issue, bound by that sin, sick with that ailment. But I'm here to tell you, God is going to give you a suddenly. It can happen right now. I, 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 I can't escape what I see and what I feel in the Holy Ghost. I feel this breakthrough for somebody. And I'm not just talking generic language here tonight. But it's as though I can see it. Amen. That you're standing right there. It could, you could be one praise away from your suddenly. One dance away. One prayer away. One shout. If you knew in the next few moments of this service that it held your suddenly, how would you worship God right now?
I just don't want to rush this because I feel the Holy Ghost wanting to work right now. If you knew the next few moments God was going to pick you up and God was going to turn it around, how would you worship Him right now? If you knew that this night held your suddenly moment, that this was the service that God ordained to pick you up and bring you out, I'm here to tell you you're coming out of this. The hand of the Lord. I keep hearing the voice of God saying, my hand is upon you. My anointing is upon you. My purpose is on you. You are coming out. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It wasn't a coat of many colors that got him out. It wasn't a dream that got him out. It was Judah that got him out. Amen. It was the praising tribe. I think it's interesting that when Judah and his three surviving sons went down with Jacob into Egypt, Judah and three boys, that's all there was. But by the time they get ready to leave, amen, the time of the Exodus, that three boys and this one man have grown into a family and they have increased unto 74,000 males because it's in the wilderness that Judah is increased. It's in those dark times that praise grows. Amen. Don't stop praising in the wilderness. You need to increase your praise when you're there. Amen. You need to increase your praise. Sometimes you can't pull your way out. You can't scratch your way out. Sometimes you just have to judah your way out of your pit. You gotta praise your way. I will. I will, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make her boast. Come on, that's the response that's going to bring you out. That's the response that's going to bring deliverance to you. Don't wait till it's over. Go ahead and shout now. Start praising in the pit until he brings you out. Start at the bottom where you are. Start in the middle of the pain. Amen. God's going to bring you out. I feel victory in this house right now. Every time Israel set up camp, amen, when Israel set up that tabernacle, every time they stopped to make camp, the first thing they did was set up the tabernacle. Every one of those 12 tribes which set their tents around the tabernacle. However, the tribe that set their tent facing the door was always Judah because you can't get to the door without going by praise. Amen. Everybody else looking in other directions. They're looking at walls. But the tribe of Judah is looking at the door. If you cannot find your way, amen, just start praising him. Amen. It will bring you to the door. That will bring you deliverance right Hallelujah. I know what you're saying, but it's too chaotic for me to praise God. That's even greater reason for you to worship him. I wish I could convey in my spirit what I sense in the Holy Ghost right now. The need for somebody to worship your way out of your pit. God's looking for a true worshiper. It's worshipers, true worshipers. Amen. That not worried about how they look. Amen. And what they're going to look like when they're dancing and dancing and shouting and praising God. All that matters to them is I got to come out of this. I refuse to stay here. Amen. I refuse to be 
buried in this place. Come on, Job. Everything's worked against you. He's worshiping through tears, through groans of a broken heart, through pain and confusion. But his worship kept him connected to his destiny. Worship's going to keep you connected. Amen to the promise of God on your life. If you feel disconnected, you ought to praise God right now. Because in the end, your praise is going to reconnect you to your destiny. You don't get the option of choosing your pain and your problem, but you get the option of choosing your response. And my weapon of choice is my worship. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The devil's purpose for the pit is to silence your praise. If he knows if you ever get your praise on, he's in trouble. But if you get praise on your lips, you'll get the devil off your back. Somebody in this house on this Wednesday night needs to do your way out of that thing that held you back and held you down. Come on, praise your way out of the pit tonight. He brought me out of a horrible pit. He put on me a garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. Lift your hands, lift your voice, and worship the Lord right now. The end is expecting you to die in your pit. But you're, tonight you're going to disappoint the devil. There's anointing in you that's more powerful than the pit. There's a power in you that's greater than the prison you're sitting in right now. I may be preaching to one person, but I'm going to preach to you because the Holy Ghost sent me to preach to you to tell you it's time to come out. You will come out. You are coming out. You've got a choice right now. You can fill this pit with dirt and let it become your grave. Or you can fill it with praise. And when it gets full of praise, it's going to have to release you. Amen. And spit you out. Rejoice not against me. I'm here to proclaim to you you're coming out. You can repent your way out. You can praise your way out. Out. You can shout your way out. You can dance your way out. You can run your way out. You can't get out of this. Lift your voice and praise your way out. I know there's people already at this altar, but there's some people in this house. You need to step out of your seat and just worship God. It's going to release something right now. It's going to release you. There's a power, there's an anointing here that will destroy the yoke and destroy the chain that has its grip on you. I can't do it for you. Pastor can't do it for you. Your companion, your neighbor can't do it for you. You've got to make up your mind. I'm coming out of this. I refuse to let it destroy me. I refuse to let it take my calling, my anointing, and my purpose. I will praise my way out of this pit. Yabaka Yabaha. 
I know it's Wednesday night, but I just keep feeling in this. If you're able to, if you are physically able to, I'm going to ask you to step out of your seat to this altar and just begin to worship God right now. Because I feel a breakthrough for somebody in this house. This is your night. God's come to pick you up out of your despair. He's come to pick you up out of your trouble and out of your disappointment. The hand of the Lord is reaching down. If you reach up with a hand of praise, God's going to pull you out right now. One, hallelujah. One praise. Amen. One, one line of praise. One line of prayer. For feeling the power of God fall on you afresh and anew. For feeling that fresh anointing and that fresh power on your life again. The pit is not your destiny. God's taken you to the palace. Amen. But you've got to come out of this. He's still got the palace in the plan. There's victory in this building right now. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah. If it's, a, if it's appropriate, reach over to somebody and worship God with them right now. I feel a breakthrough. I feel, I feel fresh anointing and power. Amen. Light being breathed back into somebody's situation right now. God's simply tell you my hand is still upon you. I know you've been in the pit, but my anointing and my calling and my purpose is still on you. Praise your way. Come out. Of this. broken. Spirit being lifted right now. Sun's coming up in your situation. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. The hand of the Lord. I, I keep feeling it and hearing the Spirit. The hand of the Lord is upon you. And the pit is not your final destination.
thankful for the delivering power of Jesus Christ. Aren't you thankful for Jesus' response to the cry and the worship of His people? And many times we when He was talking about Daniel I was thinking about the praise and the prayer that got Daniel out of the lion's den. Many times we look at that and we think Wow, Daniel got in that lion's den and he started praying and that prayer is the one that worked, the one that got him out. Let me tell you the prayer that got Daniel out of that lion's den. It was the prayers he prayed before he ever went in. When the king sent the decree and said, nobody's allowed to pray or you're going to die. Daniel goes home and he says, you know what? I'm not one to brag or anything, but I'm going to open my windows. And I'm going to let my praise be known to everybody and to Jesus. That I praise Him and Him alone. Sometimes, sometimes you have to praise before you see the result of victory. Amen? I believe that. 100%. And that's why God required the silence of God's people before Jericho fell. He, for seven days they marched, right? Seven days. They marched and they kept silent for seven days. I believe the reason was that God was accustomed to hearing them gripe. That's all they ever done. 400 plus years of slavery and bondage and they were used to griping. They griped all the way through the wilderness. And God said, you know what? I'm not going to give you a chance to gripe. I want you to shut up. 
I ought to preach that message one time. Shut up and shout. That's what he required. He said, I want you to shut. It sounds rude. You can't say that in this day. Billy Cole said it over in the Philippines. He said, I want you to shut up. Boy, can you imagine some of those people that were used to talking, used to griping, used to pointing out all the bad things? He said, I want you to shut up for six days. And then on the seventh day, I want you to still keep your silence. But at the end of it, I want you to shout. And the shout came before the victory. Shout came before the victory. That's what we need to grow accustomed to. Because we know the victory's already inevitable. It's already been won. The battle's already over. Amen. Let's shout one more time and worship the Lord. Hallelujah. 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 You can be dismissed in Jesus' name, but we're going to worship the Lord for a moment. Come to pay.